everybody, welcome back to the River Blast Podcast. I am Noah Hiles. And I am Alex Stumpf. And Alex, we are fortunate enough to cover your 2019 American League champions, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh. Yes. They don't, they don't really know how to, you know, get the job done in the National League always. But when we're playing American League teams... Seven and one. That'll play. They better watch out. I made you, before we were recording, I made you walk down the hallway. Yes. Much... To your, I don't even know what the word is. It was one of the greatest Opposition. tribulations of my yes. life. Yes, I, I made Alex walk 50 steps down the hallway mm-hmm. to get a packet while I was setting up the show. And uh, so, you want to read out the full stat that I made you go? Yes. Get? Yeah. It is titled, Taking Ownership of Interleague. Not one of their better... Yeah, yeah like, that's they yeah. could have done better. Okay. But the Pirates have gone now seven and one against American League teams this season. Mm-hmm. Three and one at home, four and zero on the road. They went fifteen five against American League teams in twenty eighteen, and since twenty thirteen they have posted the best interleague baseball among NL teams, eighty and forty eight now. That'll play. And you know what? Last year they that fifteen and five against the American League team against American League teams. Let's be honest. That's the difference between a winning record and a losing record. Yeah. Overall. And the AL West is far better than the AL Central. They're still making bank. They're still making hay against those teams. Yeah, and you can't just say it's, you know, the one bad division because it's been going on for so long now. They've played every single American League division twice all the way through because it's been seven straight years we're going at this. And, you know, they... They're beating the Rangers. They're now 3-0 and against the Rangers. Hopefully they'll be 4-0 tomorrow yeah. uh, or today while you're listening to this with Kingham on the hill. Um, but even if they don't, you know, 3 out of 4 against a bad Texas team with a similar record to the Pirates, but they're still yeah. a bad team. Um, that's good. And they beat an A's team who's not playing good baseball right now, but is still very talented. Mm-hmm. You know, they got two really big wins, come from behind wins after getting crushed on Friday night. Uh, they get those meaningful victories, those come-from-behind wins fueled by, you know, some clutch hitting, something that's been a problem for this team for, you know, the first month of the season. But now we're seeing those clutch hits start to come, which is nice, you know. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you have, they went 5-1 and one since we last recorded yes. the podcast. and they needed to go 5-1. They one. went 5-1, but they were also outscored. Well, you know, yeah. yeah, that's that's basically. I had the most lopsided loss of the season. Yeah, but I guess that's just kind of the thing. Like, you could throw out the outliers, like the fourteen and one against Oakland, but this team is also six and two in extra inning games. Yeah, they've played a lot of one run games. I mean, it's good to win. It's good to win, but at some point, twenty eighteen Mariners started to come tumbling down. Yeah, and I, I don't think there's any other way that the Pirates can be successful unless they follow that 2018 Mariners trend where it's like, we'll win all the close games. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we can do. And you know what? They That's haven't what had they're, that. They're, they're built to win the close games. That's, yeah. I think that was the mentality coming On into paper, this season. Coming into this season, but then Kella starts struggling and Rodriguez starts struggling. I view winning the close games with bullpen. That's where my mind immediately goes to first. You know, yeah. whenever you, don't, you go into the sixth inning up 3-2 and you don't blow it from there. And they haven't – the way Kell is, he's hurt right now. Uh, Rodriguez hasn't pitched well. Crick and Vasquez have been solid. Crick had the one bad outing whenever he got blooped and bled to death. Throw that outing away. He has been rock solid besides that this entire Liriano's season. been good. Liriano, yeah. I, I'll give him that. I mean, he's he shouldn't come in with runners on base. He no, needs, it's, he it's needs a to come horrifying – yeah, he needs to come in with a clean inning. But whenever he's done that, he's looked pretty good. ZRA's like under 1.5, I think. It's like 1.3 something. Yeah. Which I know bullpen ERA, yeah. take it or leave it. But he, he's allowed a lot of inherited it, runners to but, start too. But yeah. you just said, Again, give him a clean inning. That's your lefty specialist. You're not looking for him to you know, be someone reliable coming in with runners on base. Well, I guess if it's technically, against lefty. Yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of what the lefty specialist is for. Is it for runners on base or is it just for a lefty? Ideally, lefty runners on base because it's one thing if you're up like five to three and you know Barry Bonds comes up to bat. That's you're a true. Right-hander, it's like okay, what source is he gonna do? He's gonna make it a one-run game. By the way, side note: Alex didn't think Barry Bonds was the best player in baseball in the year two thousand three. Go ahead and take a look at Barry Bonds' Not numbers wasn't from what the year two thousand from the year two thousand to like the year two thousand five. 
Look at his oh, numbers. Okay. Look at what he did during that period of time. Alex was like, We're gonna Barry take Bonds a, was the best player in baseball. We're going to take a time. quick detour here real fast. Because Noah brought up a picture of Pujols and Miguel Cabrera. And the tweet said, like, which one was better? And I said Pujols. Pujols was the best player, not named Mike Trout, that I have seen in his prime. His prime was the best yeah. out of any player that I've seen. Fair. And you brought up Barry Bonds, and I said Barry Bonds wasn't still in our wasn't still in his prime whenever we were, you know, you know getting, into up, getting into baseball. Like the early two thousands. Yeah. Difference between early two thousands. Like my first year, I it was the two thousand three baseball season. That's whenever I fell in love with the game. Mm-hmm. And like Bonds' best years were late 90s in, like, 2000, 2001, 2002. I don't consider 2000. I'm, I know he was still unbelievably... He, he was. He was the MVP. I the get MVP. It, and he deserved it. But I think 2002 is, like, the tipping point. I think 2002 Bonds was the best player. It was the best year of his career. It was the best player ever. 2002 Bonds was the best baseball player ever. It, it's pretty much him or Ruth. Yeah. For, like, a single season. Well, Ruth... Yeah. Played against guys who like sold cars. So yeah, yeah I'm gonna go with Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds was also juiced to be on all get out of two thousand two. I don't even care. I my amount of care towards he was, is so low. It now. was the family guy cutaway gag whenever Peter takes steroids. Or Stewie. I love the one when Stewie takes him. You got my money? <laughs> he beats oh. up Brian. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. All right. Talking point two. Speaking of steroids, <laughs> Starling Marte. <laughs> Very good. Um, hopefully not on steroids because when he's in the lineup, the Pirates are very hard to beat. Alex, what's your stat on this? That was a great transition. You know right it. There. Uh, Pirates, 17 and 15 right now. They've won 16 of those games whenever he was in the lineup. Whenever he wasn't, they were 1 and 9 so far this year. And Chris Archer. Whenever he does his post game, a talking point he keeps coming back to is the margin of error for this team is thin, mm-hmm. and we just basically said that that they have to win the one and two run games. Yeah, and Marte, kind of a slow start, pure results wise, but he was definitely hitting the ball hard. Yeah, he's had some very clutch hits. He's played very well in center field. I know I brought up that Pablo Reyes play. Against the Dodgers, which I think cost him that game last Sunday. Yes, yes. Yes. Marte would have made that play. And I guess it's just those little things like that where, you know, he makes a play and that's one run swung in a direction. I think, not I think, he is the best position player on this team. Yeah. And he needs to be in the lineup. He and that's kind of what sucked. Whenever he was out, you know, for those couple games, immediate eight game losing streak. It's Marte is such an interesting character. I mean, like I feel, despite all of the great things he's done, you know, we've seen the arm, we've seen the glove, we've seen the bat, we've seen the speed. But I, I mean, I think it's fair to say that he might not have lived up to his potential up to this point in his career. No. I mean, he probably should have had a couple more all-star appearances. He probably should have hit a couple more home runs. Uh, you know, he probably should have received... He has the talent that he should have received MVP votes at some point in time. Yeah. And the fact that he hasn't done that is frustrating. But on the other hand, I feel like a lot of people take for granted as to what Starling Marte provides to a baseball team. He got overshadowed, I think, by McCutcheon originally. Uh, just because McCutcheon was the bigger name, and now without McCutcheon, you know, there's just so much anger. Everyone likes to be more negative towards the club, and so like his mistakes on the bases, which are at times inexcusable. He made one today. Yeah, he also uh, had a couple hits. Yeah, he that. also had their first run batted in. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know that he does make very, very, very careless mistakes at times, but. Other times, he is... I mean, he's by far their most reliable fielder, bar none. Yeah. And he's a very talented player. And for a team full of question marks, you never know what you're going to get from third base. You never know what you're getting from the catcher position this year. Your shortstop's a rookie. Your second baseman's a first-year, everyday starter. Your first baseman who's hitting the leather off the ball 
wasn't very good last year, and your you know your outfielders are still kind of question marks, regardless mm-hmm. of how well they're playing or not playing at a certain period of time. Marte, you know what you're getting. There's going to be some highs, there's going to be some lows, but he is consistently an above-average player, and uh, the Pirates need that type of guy in their lineup. With so much question and inconsistency, having that stable guy is so important for this club. And it's not like, I wouldn't even call him like a leader in the clubhouse, I don't think. But he's just someone that, when you see his name in the lineup card, like you said, you know you're going to get a good effort from him. You're going to get, you have the potential to get a very good performance from him. There's another player like that on this team. And he's not going to throw for four weeks. Yes. And that's Jamison Tyler. Look at you trying to pull off the Noah Hiles That was a Noah Hiles transition. That right was there. nice. The segue. I like it, Alex. That was good. Go hey, ahead. I'm learning. Talk your talk, King. Uh, J-Mo, he's going to be, he has the uh, right elbow flexor mm-hmm. sprain. He's going to be shut down for four weeks. They did the MRI. Pirates training staff said there's no damage to his uh, UCL. UCL. Uh, they're getting a second opinion. From Whenever, the, the guy who gave him Tommy John. Yeah, he's with the Mets, I yeah. believe. Okay, Got a lot of experience, so he really knows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a tough team to be a yeah. trainer for. But yeah, this is... It sucks. It really does suck that he's going to be down for over a month. Like, he's not going to throw for four weeks, and then you got to build him back up. It's going to be a while. No, he until, won't be pitching until around the All-Star break. Best case scenario, I think. I think best case scenario would be mid-June. That gives that's, him, that's, that gives that's All Star break, isn't it? Or is that July? That's mid July. Mid July. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're all once it once it gets to the eighties, it's all blur. You know, <laughs> for me anyway. But yeah, I I was there when you know Alex is always fashionably fashionably late. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> but I was there in Clint's office when we went in there and Todd, I was there. Well, no, no. I'm just saying, like Todd Tomzak was in there. Uh, before the game, and normally, like, you know, it's just Clint in the media, and it's a pretty casual thing, but, like, I could tell when I walked in, I was like, this is, this is a little weird, like, why is Todd in here, and why does Clint, like, have this serious look on his face? I mean, he he probably hates looking at me, but, I mean, it was different this time, and uh, Jimmy, the guy who runs the Pirates media operations or whatever, he's like, Todd's gonna talk about JMO before Clint, and when he said, like, Jamison won't be thrown for four weeks. Like, I looked around, like, three or four people's, like, jaw dropped. They're like, whoa. Like, I mean, it was just crazy. It was out of nowhere. Yeah, like, you didn't. I mean, Nick Birdie, Nick Birdie, you knew that was bad, right? Keone Kella even threw a pitch and he left, and you're like, what in the world? You know, this is like, I mean, the guy finished the game. Yeah. The guy, I mean, he didn't finish, he didn't throw a complete game, but, like, he came out, he got a win. And, and the only inkling at all that this guy was getting looked at was he tweeted. That's what I was going to bring up. He tweeted yeah. up that someone called, called him soft in the, in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was crazy news. And you hear it on a day after the team got crushed 13-1. Yeah. to 1, And you're just thinking, this season's over. I mean, I, I was I was already thinking yeah. like in my mind before that game. I'm thinking like, okay, well, we could get we could deal Melky if he keeps hitting well, and Dickerson we're probably not going to resign him, and you know maybe we flip Archer or somebody. You know, like you're just thinking of like they're already going to be sellers. You know, like they're yeah they're under five hundred and good to go three and zero. Yes, yes, you needed that. You needed that, and it's really good to go three and zero before this road trip as well. This is going to be the road trip where we find out if the Pirates are good. Eleven games against uh, four in St. Louis, who collectively that is the house of horrors forever. Uh, Three against the D backs who just crushed us. Yeah, and it it wasn't even a game. It wasn't even a series. It was an ass whooping. Yeah, and then four against San Diego, who. Good team. Co- collectively, these three teams are combined twenty. Coming into what today? What's today? Tuesday. Yes. Yeah, coming into Tuesday, uh, they were twenty-one games over five hundred. This is these be t- three teams combined. If they go in, like- in May, early May, they are. So I mean, they're all really good. Two of them are in first place, and the other one is right behind. 
Because yeah, two of them are in the same division, Arizona yeah. and San Diego. But all three would be playoff teams, I believe, right now. Yeah. If they win six or seven out of those 11, I'm like, okay, we got a team. If you go five and six, I'm happy. I mean, if you. I guess you could say five and six on the condition that they beat the Rangers tomorrow, also. So that 13 games in 13 days, it's like, well, winning record. Yeah. I mean, I think. I I, I want seven wins minimum out of those 13. I think if you win the the series in Arizona, split the two four gamers, come home with seven, or what is that? Six wins, you go six yeah. and five. That's, that's a successful road trip to me. That's what I just said. Yeah, I know. <laughs> then you know, but it sounded better coming out of your mouth. It, it it always does, Alex. It always does. Any final thoughts on JMO? Um, well, what are, what's your thought on? Uh, Brought look good tonight. Brought look good. You I know, mean, a couple walks on three. He two looked good pitches. in his first start last year as well. Pence sent a ball to the shadow realm. That was crushed. Yeah. Uh, but I think only Pence four was innings. He could have gone another inning. He said he felt fine. It's. I mean, I don't know if I gave, like the bullpen getting that much work before no, this long yeah, stretch I with no off days. But they kind of needed to because that that milky hit was the game yeah. decider. Yeah. So. Yeah. So him and Kingham. I don't know. Whenever Archer's getting back, he's doing some tossing. Oh, they t- they said the other day that Archer could be back as early as like this week. Okay. So, like, I, I honestly so, think, like, they're they're going to go through the order, and his next time around, he'll be ready to that go. That would be Sunday, right? Yes, I believe. Well, I mean, he's in... That'd be Sunday in yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. So, I That'd mean, that's a good, deal. You know what? It'd be nice to do that St. Louis series with the real starters. Go Musgrove, Trevor, Lyles, Archer. Yeah. That'd and then, be nice. And then you... I, and I honestly think for that fifth spot, then, you just alternate... Kingham and brought back and forth. You send down Lions and you just take turns. Like whoever is pitching better, you keep going. I, I with think them. you need to stick with one because the bullpen needs a long arm, long man. True. Well, I mean, then you just pitch the one that I just pitched the fresher one out of the two. I don't know. Who knows? Clint will probably make the we'll right figure. choice. If it, not, it, we'll make fun of him on Brubaker this. It'll be Baker or Keller. There we go. Uh, thoughts on Keller before we move forward? Not ready. Not ready. I agree. Don't screw this up. Like, I don't get why everyone wants to rush this guy down. Look what they did it's, the last time they did this. Yeah, with Glasnow. And, yeah. and people were clamoring for Glasnow in 2015. Also, whenever it was uh, September, it's like, call him up, put him in the bullpen. Let's see what the kid got. It's like, that's, I know that's what Tampa well, Bay did here's with the David difference. Price, but it's like, that is so risky to well, do. Glasnow was dominating. Like, his numbers, like, his earned run average was, like, under two. Like, he was striking out everybody. Yeah. And, like, Keller's not Keller, dominating. I mean, no. he's getting better. He stunk at the beginning of the season in AAA. And he didn't dominate necessarily last year. He had some good starts. He strung together at the end once he fir- once he got acclimated at AAA. But Garrett Cole and Glass now in AAA were far and above. Like, their stats showed. They're like, these are big league guys. Glass now clearly, I guess... Need a little bit more something else down there, but I mean, Keller's not ready. Why rush him just because he's? I mean, is Keller better than Stephen Brault? Yes. Probably. Is he better than Nick Kingham? Yes. Probably. Is he better than Lyons? Yes. Probably. Yeah, he is better. So by that definition, I can't say that someone's better until they until, until they you throw prove a pitch it. In the majors. Yeah, but break a sweat first. But uh, this is this is not. Win now baseball, first off. Like, a, a May game against the Texas Rangers is just not... No. You don't, you don't risk the next five years of a potential ace simply to win a, a May game no. against the Rangers. You just don't. Especially if, if you know, if these if Archer and, and Tyone get healthy and this dude comes up and is dealing, what do you do with Keller then? Do you trade Jordan Miles? What do you do? No, you just, just keep him where he's at until he's ready, is my thought. Especially since, I mean, I hate to think like this, the way that Glasnow, that whole thing. Pirates, don't make the same mistake twice. Yes, basically. Yeah. Like, I don't think Keller's ceiling is as high what as Glasnow's. Who, who would be the guy we would trade Keller for in a couple years? What would be the pitcher? Would we get Blake Snell? Like a washed up Blake Snell? <laughs> what if we got Glasnow back <laughs> for Mitch Keller? This is my hell. <laughs> no, dude, that no, he'll be like a three time Cy Young winner. We can't get him for glass. Yeah, it wouldn't work. All right, so that will wrap up our first part of the show. We 
are moving on to our interview now with Nubias Wilborn of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. When I say we, I was the one that interviewed yeah. him there. Alex was unable to attend. And uh, I got to say, this is – Nubias is uh, awesome on Twitter. I think he's a very good writer. I highly recommend you check out his stuff, follow him on social media. And this was a fun interview. Um, I'm someone who is very interested in, you know – 90s baseball because that was the last time the team that you know I cheered for was really really good at it, uh, excluding you know a quick flash in the pan here for three years. Um, but he grew up in Atlanta and that's where he really got his start and that's where he came here from again. So we talked a lot about the 90s Braves. We talked about Deion Sanders a little bit. We talked about some beer. We talked about. Twitter, we talked about the Pirates, it, it was a really jam-packed interview with a lot of good stuff in it, so I mean, it, it, you're going to enjoy it, but before you enjoy it, you need to know who it's brought to you by. Who? Who? I'll tell you who, it's brought to you by No Negations. No Negations is a motivational lifestyle and apparel brand. Their mission is to inspire others to achieve no matter the circumstance. It is easy to quit or give up, especially if people around us are feeding negativity. The, the No Negations team as I almost knocked over my water cup, <laughs> wants to be that positive reinforcement in your life. We are, they offer talks and workshops to get their, your team, clients, and customers motivated and inspired. Their team of national and world-class athletes are energetic, impactful, motivational speakers offering insight on perseverance, team building, fitness, and mindset development. So whether if you have a t-shirt, a hat, a polo, a long sleeve shirt, a crew neck hoodie, or leggings, it should be a reminder that no matter your circumstance, you can overcome it if you stay consistent. Visit their website at www.nonegations.com to order apparel and to receive more information on speaking events. Also, follow them on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at No Negations. Great product, great leadership, great message. Couldn't recommend it more. I have a shirt. I have a, a sweatshirt. I look great in both, which is you know saying a lot because I look horrible all the time, pretty much. Um, same, same. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. So No Negations, check it out. They are the sponsors for our interview with Nubias Wilborn, which is coming up now. All right, so joining us now on the River Blast podcast is the new guy in town, as far as the Pittsburgh media is concerned, Nubias Wilborn of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. First off, Nubias, thanks for coming on and uh, speaking to me today. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for, being, thanks for having me on the River Blast podcast, yeah. and let's get to it. All right, yeah, if you hear any noise in the background, it's because we are doing this right before game time on Tuesday. Uh, so, PNC Park. Everyone's uh, filing in. So let's talk about your path to Pittsburgh here. Uh, before you come from Atlanta, what did you do there? It looked like you had a lot of different jobs in the media. <laughs> well, let's see. My last gig before here, I was covering the Atlanta Braves for the Mary Daily Journal, as well as doing some work for The Athletic. was there for three years before that. I was in Tallahassee, Tallahassee Democrat, covering Florida State, covering also some health care and fitness issues around the state of Florida. Before that, I was in Cleveland covering preps and then small colleges at the Plain Dealer. And then before that, I was at Fox Sports South. And some radio gigs along the way, too, yeah. So, where, where are you originally from? We're originally from Atlanta. You're so, originally from Atlanta? Yeah, the last gig took me home for a couple of years, which okay. is really cool. And then this opportunity post that came on. So... Let's talk about your time in Atlanta, getting to cover that hometown team. I'm guessing you were one of the kids who grew up watching TBS uh, with oh, the yeah. Braves, and then you got to experience that 90s Braves run. Mm -hmm. What was it like covering a team that you grew up watching? You know, it's funny. The fan gets turned off real quick, and you have to. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to lie. It was really cool. Like I got to spend time with Bobby Cox. Um, the Braves are really good about having a lot of guys come around, like Chipper Jones comes around, Freddie McGriff comes around, Tom Glavin calls games, Greg Maddox comes around when he can, I mean, David Justice, all those guys who I did grow up, you know, fans of in the 90s. Ron Gant works in local TV in Atlanta, he comes around, so a lot of those guys are still around. Um, up until two seasons ago, Terry Pillington was third base coach, um, 
Eddie Perez was around. So all these guys who I grew up, um, and I, can't, I probably can't say his name here, but <coughs> Sid Bream. That's who I'm going to bring up next. Yeah, he, he comes around pretty regularly, so yeah. So that's a name, I can't say that around my father. He'll beat me and he'll, he'll you know, excommunicate hey, me from holidays. Oh, no, why are y'all so mad at Sid? Y'all should be mad at Barry Bonds. He's the one that can throw well, him out. Well, that's, okay, so per, it's personal for my family because... Where I, I was, play, I know you played here. Where I was born, I was born in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. That was okay. Sabrina's hometown. Yeah. So it was extra personal. My parents watched that in Carlisle. The hometown kid broke his former team's heart. As someone you know who covered the Braves and grew up with the Braves, obviously that play is a lot different of a oh, meeting. Of course, yeah. I mean, look, man. I, I was, I was a kid. Um, I was actually at that game. Um, you know, we we kind of snuck in, but <clears throat> you know, things happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I was there, man, and it was crazy. It was. I mean, I, it's indescribable how I felt as a young child watching that moment. You know, the Braves had been so bad through the, you know, the mid the mid '80s, all the way through really to that '91 season where so many young guys. You know, you saw young Tommy Glavin, uh, Steve Avery, and all these guys, and then they had, you know, Charlie Libre and all these veterans. And it was a great team. I mean, it was really when I fell in love with the game of baseball as well as the game of journalism because during that time. The, the Braves were in that pennant race. Shows I go back to this. They're in the NL Western, as they called it, during those days. Which made no sense. Which made no sense because yeah. um, it was like the Atlanta Braves, the Houston Astros, and they had a very interesting rivalry mm-hmm. as well. The San Diego Padres, the San Francisco Giants, and, of course, the L.A. Dodgers. And the L.A. Dodgers was like a major rival. It's L.A., it's glitzy, it's glam. I'll never forget Bill Plasky wrote an article skewering Atlanta. And I hated that man. You know, I was still you know, 10, 12 years old. I was like, I ever see him. Like, you know, like. Have you ever I, met him since? Oh, God, yeah, I have. So, and he's such a great guy. Like, he yeah. really is. Like, um, he's been very helpful to me in my career. He's a guy who I've sent clips to. Um, he's really good friends of a friend of mine. I hate this because I'm not trying to name drop. No, but, no, no. But, like, Bomani Jones and I went to Clark Atlanta around the same time. And him and Bomani are cool. So, I would all. So, Bill would read my stuff. So, we, you know, kind of got connected that way. So anyway, I say all that to say, at the time I hated the man, and I and probably for what a 10, 12-year-old me would have had a Twitter at that time, I'd be like these idiots on Twitter tweeting, yeah. Bill Plasky, how dare you say that about my beloved city? Yeah. But that being said, I read the LA Times and all the papers, I would go to the airport and pick them up and read. I wanted to see what the other, other teams were saying, and actually that's how I got into the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, because Bob Smyzik at the time was covering the team, and I would read all his coverage, and... You know, Cookie and all those guys were around. So it's interesting coming full circle, me working in this town now and remembering reading all those guys back then from 91, 92, and 93, just how tight those battles were between the Braves and the Pirates. Absolutely. And then I, well, what's crazy to me is after that play, when Lavalier's tag was a couple inches off, mm-hmm. one franchise went one direction and another franchise yeah, went another buddy. direction. Ugh. And uh, that, that just always sticks out to me where that – is looked at for the Braves. I know they made it to the World Series the year before that. Right, right, right. Uh, but that was yeah. looked at as kind of a spark, you know, that started a great dynasty. And for Pittsburgh here, I mean, that was a death sentence for baseball. And what's it been like now seeing both organizations who are part of that play? It was fascinating because you're right, the Braves went on that 14-year run. Only one World Series, so there is that. Or four That's, pennants, was that right? Yeah, four pennants, yeah. Um, one World Series, a bunch of playoff appearances. But it's kind of interesting with the Braves because when they moved from Fulton County Stadium where they were playing to Turner, they never really won a lot of playoff series in Turner Field, which is kind of crazy. But, I mean, seeing the Braves now, getting Ronald Acuna, getting Ozzy Albies, still having um, Freddie Freeman, now the young pitchers, uh, Max Freed is starting to come along. They have a chance to be good, but also, oddly enough, similar vein, a lot of the fans there are mad because they didn't do uh, what they would have thought they would have done in this year's um, preseason, right? They didn't sign any big signings other than Donaldson. other than Josh Donaldson, which yeah. I mean, they did sign up for twenty three million. That yeah. was a little bit of mo- a little bit of money. Yeah, I know here you'd go eight ish. People would be partying in the streets, right? And they, they signed a guy, for, yeah, for yeah. or just sign anybody who was worth twenty million dollars. Yeah. I mean, that's just not the Pirates' way. Mm-hmm. So there's some similarities. Definitely not the biggest markets. You know, owners who get questioned. But I will also say, as much as people don't like Bob Nutting, at least you see him. That's true. I I, I could I, and I covered the Braves for three years, 
I maybe met their ownership twice, like the actual owner. Really? Well, because they're owned by Liberty Media. It's mm -hmm. a media conglomerate. Yeah. The actual owner of Liberty Media is a man who lives in Denver, Colorado. He didn't even live in Atlanta. So I met him once when I went to cover them against the Rockets because he comes, of course, because he lives in Denver. That's where his company's based. And then last year's playoff run, he was at a game in L.A. Okay. But other than that, like, I've seen Bob Nutting more times yeah, this year. Time. He's, he was at spring for a couple weeks. He's at games regularly. He's amongst the people. I mean, you know, there's other things you can say about him, yeah. but he's around anyway. All right, one last Atlanta question, then we'll get into some other stuff. Uh, better race entertainment, the freeze or the pierogi race? Oh, it's got to be the freeze, man. Yeah. Freeze is, I mean, come on, That's dude. That's, that is just classic. You know, you get you get a fan who thinks he has a chance. They're running around the outfield, and then here comes the freeze just busting it on in. You grew up in Atlanta. I grew up in Atlanta, yeah. yeah. So, Prime Deion Sanders versus the Freeze, who wins that race? Oh, well, first of all, I mean, you're doing that straight up. Yeah, yeah, you don't get the head start. Um, ooh, that's a tough one, man, because you got to remember, I mean, the, the, the guy, Nigel Talton, who, what's his name? Mm -hmm. He was borderline, like, I think, like, a tenth of a second short of being an Olympian. Yeah. But Deion was prime time. Deion was prime time, yeah. and he was a very fast man. Yeah. Okay, in a 40 prime, I'd say anything past the 40. Yeah, going around, I, I, I think I think Nigel would get him, but it'd be a hell of a race. It'd be fun to see. You mentioned fools on Twitter. You're out. You're not shy with confrontation on social media, which I appreciate. What's your thought behind that? You just like to shine light on some of the idiots who come after you? Or? Well, okay. So here's the thing, right? I'm. For me, I like I like to, I like the engagement. I like to interact with Twitter followers. I like to answer questions. I like to be inactive. But you know what? There's some mean, hateful, spiteful, racist, sexist, homophobic people in the world. And you know what? Sometimes they need to be seen. Absolutely. Hey, you know what? You you wanted to tweet me, guy with the with the thirty followers? Okay, we're gonna shine a light on. You. Yeah. We're gonna show people what you're talking about. And most of the time, those guys back down pretty quickly. They'll, and again, block, they'll block you. Yeah, they'll block. Oh, I love when they do that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I love it. Because, yeah. again, for me, it's fun. Like, mm -hmm. like when I'm tweeting, like, I may be out to dinner. I may see a couple. I'm, I'll tweet back, and I'll keep it moving. For me, it's fun. Like, I, I don't want anybody to think, like, I'm upset. Now, there have been some times when I've been called the N-word that's not my name. Now, that's... Yeah, that, you, you know where we're going with that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I can say the word, but they can't, but they yeah. do it anyway. All right, cool, whatever. Now, that stuff's a little different. But somebody said, oh, you're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now, let's be real. How many times do you apply for the job? You know what I'm saying? A lot of times, it's people who wish that they could do what I'm doing. Yeah. At the end of the day, if the hardest thing I have to deal with in life is some asshole on Twitter, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, when the bottom line comes is they pay me a pretty decent salary to go to ball games around the country and write what I see and hear every day. So let's talk about that. You come in, uh, you go from a very young and up-and-coming Atlanta Braves team. Yeah. You come to this Pirates team that had only its fourth winning season in the last 27 <laughs> years. Uh, but, you know, there's some exciting pitching going on here. What were your thoughts? Obviously, you're excited for the job, but what were your thoughts on the team when you came here? Well, I mean, I really didn't know much, you know, because being in the NL East, I'd only see them, you know, twice a year. Um, I knew I liked this ballpark, but, you know, the press box is a little high, but, I, you know, whatever, we deal with that. Yeah. All the press boxes in these ballparks, other than maybe two or three are high these days. Anyway, um, I like the pitching. Um, I know I've said some things coming in. I'm like, I think this thing will be better than people think because I like the starting pitching. Unfortunately, Jamison Tyon is out for a while. That's going to be tough because now you got Brought and Kingdom who are going to have to fill the line until you get even Archer back. So, I mean, that's tough. But I thought that Chris Archer, Jamison Tyon, Musgrove, and Williams were going to be solid. And so far they proved me right. Yeah. I figured Bell was going to be a better hitter than he was last year, and so far he has yep. been. Um, I liked Polanco, even though sometimes his – Ride efficiency kind of makes me wonder sometimes. Yeah. I like Starling Marte in center when he's right. He makes a lot of plays. I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for how good of a defender he is. Um, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just going to ask. So you, your thoughts on the team, what were your? What was your initial reaction to the, recept, uh, the perception of this team in the city? Obviously, there's a lot of people who have some negative thoughts on the franchise because of the ownership and everything. What are your Ooh, thoughts on that? Lord, it's, it's, it's more than that. I mean, well, okay, so here's two things, right? 
you always got to remember that Twitter is but a small fraction it's a microcosm of, of everything of reality yeah. like it's a small vocal minority mm-hmm. but yeah there's some people who were very upset with Bob Nutting and the direction of the team I think They've kind of tuned out Neil Huntington and Frank Coonley and Clint Hurdle. I think they kind of all see them as part of the problem. I don't agree with that, but I can understand where they're coming from as fans. I think they're frustrated. I mean, that 2013, 14, 15, you know, those years, I think they kind of reinvigorated Pirates fans. And then nothing else happened, right? And then you go down 16, and then 17 was what it was. And then 18 was, yeah, it's all right. I mean, you're over 500, but people didn't buy back in. People didn't buy back in, and I think even now people aren't buying back in. And I think this is a good ball club that, you know, has a chance to still be good in spite of all the injuries, and people just aren't buying it. So one last question. We ended, but then I thought of one more thing, so I had you sit back down here before the game starts. Extra innings, yeah, free interview. Yeah, that's how it is. Um, You're a beer guy. Uh, You always ask, you know, when you're, you have some time in the airport or anything, I always see you say, like, anything you want to talk about, sports, whatever, but beer is always one thing you bring up. Pennsylvania's got two main beers, I would say. Pittsburgh's got Icy Light, and then, of course, Yingling, the original beer for America. Uh, give, me, give me your thoughts on both of those. All right, so I go back and forth because I'm, I'm a real hardcore craft beer guy, yeah. meaning I like to drink, like, small brands. Yingling's still family-owned, so I, I kind of consider them quasi-craft. Okay. I don't mind a Yingling. It's not my favorite. I don't mind it. And you know what? I had an Icy Light finally for the first time recently, and it was better than I expected. Yeah. Um, it's a college beer. Yeah, it's not great beer. I mean, yeah. but you know what? Like, you had Rolling Rock, too. That's That started here. Now it's owned by Anheuser-Busch. Oh, so can I tell you a story? Yes. All right, so remember how I told you growing up, growing up Braves? So when I first got into business, I was working in radio, and I was covering the Braves uh, for the actual... 680 who actually carried the Braves, right? Yeah. And so Pete Van Wuren Like me, was, I'm a young advisor. Right there you go, man. Get at it. All right. Pete Van Wuren was still around. And he was Braves broadcaster, college professor, Hall of Famer, whole nine. Well, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Pete Van Wuren should be in the Hall of Fame. Anyway, he was a big rolling white guy because he's a Pennsylvania guy. So after the games, this is when you could still have a couple pops in the press box after the game. You'd go upstairs, and there's Skip Carey telling stories. And then, you know, you'd get, say, the Phillies would be in town. You'd get their old school broadcasters mm-hmm. in. You know, guys would just sit Harry around. Carey, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, them. yeah. But Skip, I mean, excuse me, but Pete really loved Rolling Rocks. And, and they would order them special for them. They didn't really carry them in Georgia. Mm-hmm. They would order them to make sure they had them. So after the game, you'd sit around, and they cost a dollar in the press box. And you'd wait for traffic to die down because Atlanta traffic sucks. And yeah. you finish your gamer or your notes or whatever you're doing that day, and you sit around the table for another two hours talking to those guys. And then scouts would be up there. Sometimes um, the GM of the Braves would be up there. You know what I'm saying? So you think about it. You learn it from John Scherholz, right? Yeah. And John, John Scherholz is drinking wine. And Pete's just in there pounding those rolling rocks. I think one time I saw him drinking like six or seven in like a setting, just back to back. And, you know, they didn't have any alcohol in them, so he was just drinking them for the fun. It's a shame we can't. I mean, I understand why you can't do that now, yeah. but like as someone who's young in yeah, baseball, I, I, was, I would love to sit around and, you know, have a drink with I, I was, Huntington. I was and, you know. very lucky. I was 23, 24, first job out of college, uh, board up and producing all the background stuff. Um, updating the web and yeah like those days you would sit around with some of those guys and you would just hear their stories and and they had these great stories about the game things they saw things they never would ever say publicly and everybody trusted everybody just keep things different but now for cell phones and yeah like I feel bad for young people and I say that I mean I'm only 35 36 so I'm not old but I, I got to see some of that stuff and yeah. I feel bad people your age coming in who don't get those opportunities now we just have you on a podcast there you go that's how it goes Sounds all right Nevias for the second right, time I'm gonna let you get to work now right, man, let's do I it. appreciate it man for no coming problem. on So big thanks to Nubias Wilborn for coming on. Great interview. I had a great time catching up with him, and uh, he's someone that uh, I look forward to having back on. Maybe you could ask him some questions. I will next time. All right. I still haven't listened to it. Yes. As of this recording. As of as we are recording now. Yeah. But Alex, Alex, uh, I am sure. Tweet out, tweet out your thoughts on the interview, Alex. 
I want you to tweet out your thoughts okay. on the interview once you okay. hear it tomorrow. Because people need to know what you think of the interview. All right? Speaking of Twitter, am I giving away my kidney for content or something? No, no, we'll get oh, into that. We'll oh, get okay. into that. Um, <laughs> that actually might... <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get into that. But anyway, it's time for everyone's favorite part that of the show. That is a very non-sequitur sentence yes. for anyone who it doesn't is, follow both of us on Twitter. It is... Time for everyone's favorite part of the show, segments, and guess what? We got a new sponsor alert. We got a new sponsor sponsoring everyone's favorite part of the show, segments, and that sponsor is none other than the best pizza that one can find, not just at PNC Park, not just in Pittsburgh, but in the entire world, the entire universe, Thanos, when he pulled that snap off, I hope to God he did not kill the people over at Slice on Broadway. Because they create the best pizza ever. Our segments for the rest of the season are brought to you by Slice on Broadway. With locations in Carnegie, Beachview, the East End, and of course, our favorite at PNC Park, Slice on Broadway has it all. From their perfect pizza, spectacular salads, or super delicious subs, everything they make is handmade and the best money could buy. They wouldn't be able to sleep, Alex, if it wasn't. Be sure to check them out and tell them that the guys from the River Blast podcast sent you. Alex, I don't know about you, but every Sunday, every Sunday home game that I work, Craig Riley and I, we get a pizza... We sit up here in this booth, and we have a nice little family dinner. We call it Sunday dinner. And we, we enjoy our Slice on Broadway pizza, and it is just lovely. Some of the best games of the season this year have been played on Sunday. You had the Puig fight. You had yeah. the walk-off from Marte last Sunday. Uh, they lost on Easter. That one wasn't great. But <laughs> overall, two out of three ain't bad, right? That's so, right. Uh, meatloaf. Yes, the, exactly. But they don't sell meatloaf there. They just, just sell pizza, pizza salads, and, and subs. Uh, but... Awesome product, awesome people. I highly recommend checking them out. Um, I know every listener to this podcast is a pretty big Pirates fan, so I'd assume you guys go to games. I mean, it's very affordable. It's right behind the left field bleachers. It is right behind. You can eat there before the game on Federal Street. You can stop by, see me while I'm producing the pregame show, uh, and then you could go get some pizza there. You could actually enter it. So, secret here. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid... Slice on Broadway, kid, maybe like high school, college, um, they, you can enter the ballpark through the restaurant. Yeah. They have like a gate where you can stand. Your, so if you don't want to stand in line, I guess that's not really a problem anymore, uh, getting in. But, you know, the, when it's fireworks night or something and maybe a couple thousand people show up, you can, you can cut that line. You can go through it. You can enter the park through Slice on Broadway and you can get a nice slice of uh, Zaw before you sit down. It's a great deal. I highly recommend it. Full pie, only 18 bucks. At a major league game? That'll play. That will play 100% of the time. So shout out to them. Anyway, that was a hell of an ad read. That is. I wanted to play them up. Th- they hooked us up. They got us t-shirts. They did get us t-shirts. And, no, hey, and just... Hey, you know what? That was a hell of an ad read, and you hadn't even cashed the check yet, dude. No, we haven't. That is a lot of sleep that you have in them. Uh, that, that's how much you like the product. Yeah, that's how much I, you trust I, the product. I, I have cashed the check. I deposit it okay. through my mobile banking. Okay. You so, can cut this out. No, we don't need to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, like, I, I, I have cashed the check. They have paid us. You know anyway. what? I, I don't do mobile depositing. This yeah, is, of course you don't. Yeah. Alex, because you're freaking old. We'll get into that. We'll get yes. into all of that. Anyway, <laughs> it's time for buy, sell, trade. Uh, I'm going to start because Alex is just old and he takes forever. All right. <laughs> Buy. Okay. I am buying Stephen Brault as an opener. With this fifth spot in the rotation, if your best pitching prospects aren't ready for the major leagues, and if your best starting pitcher is going to be out for an extended period of time, your small team, we talked about with our last guest we had on, how the Pirates need to get innovative. This is the time to do it. This is the time to do it. Stephen Brault, I think, is the perfect opener. Left-hander. Guy could come in, give you three innings, just get you through that order the first time, and then hand the ball over to someone else. I liked what I saw from him today. I liked what, you know, the way they used him last year in the first month of the season. He wasn't going seven, eight innings when he was starting when, who was it that was hurt? Um, Musgrove. Musgrove was hurt, yes. yeah. So uh, when Musgrove was down and they had him filling in there, 
You know, he was going fifth inning, just getting into the sixth inning, sometimes only going four and two-thirds. Take that a little and make it a little bit less. Just give him three innings. Give him that opener role. I think that that could be his future in this league. Because I don't think he has what it takes to necessarily be an everyday guy in the starting rotation. I, I'm not going to distract you for too long, but that first inning, he was great. The two strikeouts and the flyout. Uh, I wonder how much of it is with him just being able to prepare as a starter and not have to worry about getting up at any moment as if he was like a regular reliever. And if he's just going to throw the first inning or two, he could get into a routine. Yeah. I wonder how much that routine plays a role. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the routine and the preparation is one thing, but I just think some guys got it, some guys don't. I mean, you look at his, his first pitch, uh, you know, rate is not good. Like, he doesn't he doesn't yeah. throw a lot of first pitch strikes. He gets into a lot of 3-0 counts. I mean, his stuff isn't electrifying. I mean, I think if he was a right-handed pitcher, he wouldn't even be in the major leagues. That's fair. Uh, but, I mean, that's no slight on him. I mean, that's you have guys like that on every team. and Most of them are left-handers. Yes, and I think that this is an ideal role for him. So that's my buy. I'm selling, I'm selling Alex for home runs, essentially, <laughs> is what I've been doing on Twitter. So Sunday, if you follow me on Twitter... Free plug at no underscore house ninety five. Uh-huh. I was tweeting during the extra innings. I just pick random batters and I would say if Alex or if it's such and such, if Cole Tucker, if Kevin Newman, if Gregory Polanco, if Jung Ho Gung, if one of these guys can hit a home run, Alex will do this. And at first it was it, it was uh, innocent. At first it was innocent. It was like I'll make Alex eat another Pittsburgh cone. I'll make Alex give me five dollars. And then it got. A little bit higher stakes. I said, I'll make Alex buy a random person a puppy. And then it got to uh, the point where I was signing away Alex's vital organs. Yeah, just saying Alex will give a kidney to someone in need if Jung Ho Gung hit a home run. You know, if Jung Ho keeps at it, he might need another kidney. So that would have been fitting, but... Alex, thoughts? I was, this was a little too mean-spirited for me to tweet, <laughs> but I was going to shoot one back and be like, if so-and-so hits a home run here, I'll make Noah House take away a puppy from a child. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. I, I was like, oh, I really want to, it's just a little too mean No, dude, that would have been good. Uh, that would have been good. I think I'm going to make that a thing, though. I'm just going to make Alex do stuff. Okay. Yes, that's good content. Okay, well, like on Twitter. On me, Twitter. Yeah, thanks for letting me know. I mean, you can do that for me too, but I feel like, yeah, I like that. We'll just, we'll just make, we'll just, we'll just cash checks for one another. Okay. And then we'll have to deal with it. Are my ground rules? Um, Are there ground rules after we just established giving a nothing involving a cheese? That's my one ground rule. What's you your one ground? Give me your one ground rule. You know what? I'll, I'll double up on the cheese. Okay, so no cheese. No cheese. We're shaking on this. All right. All right. You're going to get a fucking tattoo by the end of this season. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, that is my sell and my trade. I am trading Robbie's interviews with fans during the middle of the game oh for God. anything. I like Robbie. He's a nice guy. Um, but these, these fans, like, I, I love the tweets that come along with it. Like, a fan does literally anything, and, like, <laughs> Rafi is just sprinting. He runs harder than JB shucked at first base. I mean, the guy, like, no joke, the guy wears a suit with, like, like, Jordans. Or, like, not Jordans, but, like, basketball shoes. Because he's, like, walking a lot. I mean, and he, he does, he works very hard. He's a very nice guy. Uh, but, like, these fan interviews, man. I mean, some people are meant to be interviewed, some people aren't. And I wish the producers at AT&T could understand that. Alex, any thoughts on my buy-sell trade? Okay, I'm good. I, I already made my comments, I think. I have nothing to add on the Robbie front. Okay, my buy. I am buying Gregory Polanco. A couple well-hit balls today. One went over the stands. I'm seeing some good swings from him. Yeah, Since he's, he's come his, back. Bat, his bats look fine. Yeah, the fielding has been garbage. He was caught stealing today. Because all he today. did was work on hitting. <laughs> but you <laughs> know what? Hurt. He can't throw anymore, but he could still swing. Yeah. It, it, uh, him if only there hitter, was a position that existed. There is no such position in the yeah. good league. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm buying that he's back. The Pirates need his bat. I think they're going to get it again. 
Uh, I'm selling, this is a bit of a hot take, I'm selling the general consensus that Brian Reynolds is much better than Jason Martin. You're selling? I'm selling that. I, I, which is why it's kind of a hot take for me here. Uh, Brian has done very well. I think this is the first start he made where he didn't get a hit. So the hitting streak would have been 11 anyway. Yeah. Which, Hurdle did him dirty, but, you know, game over hitting streak, obviously. But I, I look at the quality of contact that he's making. I looked at the quality of contact that Martin made. Stat I like, x Woba, they were basically the same. They're hitting it well. Both of them hit it well. I mean, that's not a knock against Reynolds. He's still hitting the ball well. But so did Martin. Difference is, Reynolds fell in for doubles and Martin's were flyouts. So, I don't know. I'm going to be intrigued the next time those two are in the majors together. Like, just comparing and contrasting those two. Because we had, like, those couple games where they just, whenever they were in the outfit I mean, at the next same year, time. they very well could be competing for a starting spot. Very, yeah. There's like a, I would say there's, like, a 65-70% chance yeah. that's the case. I think that is kind of the plan on paper right now, unless yeah. something happens with Dickerson that they extend him or someone else comes or if, in. Or if Melky, Melky's like, I ain't, I ain't leaving. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street style. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine Melky and Jordan Belford. Alright, continue. You know what I love about Melky is... Everything? Whatever, besides that, <laughs> is the face he makes every single time the Pirates tweet the lineup. <laughs> where, like, people are angry, you know, looking tough, and there's Melky, he's like, He's, like a, he's got kind of like the. He's got a, fi- a mouthful of, mouth of slice on Broadway. He's eating the gar- garlic knots there. Highly recommend them. It, it's such a it's such an innocent face. Like he doesn't have the tough he's face. The, he's the youngest looking thirty seven year old I've ever seen in my life. He's not thirty seven. How old is he? Thirty four. Is I he? Thir- thir- no, I'm pretty sure he's like thirty seven. He's thirty four, thirty five. How old is Melky Cabrera? Oh boy. All right, tell us, Alexa. According to my sources. Melky Cabrera is 34 years old. Damn. Damn, Alex. Just dunked on me. Um, I had some thoughts on... Oh, did you see Melky... You weren't here on Sunday, were you? No, I watched the game at home. Okay. I didn't want to fight the traffic. Oh, buddy, it was awful. Um, But Melky, on that walk-off from Marte, they didn't really show it well enough, I thought, on camera. Like, on the replay or whatever. He just started, he stood over home plate and did like 15 push-ups while Marte rounded the bases. And I was actually like, I was laughing and I was impressed. Because I didn't, I didn't expect either thing to happen. Like, I didn't know he could do that and I didn't think he would do that. Alex, what is, so that's your, was that your buy? That was my sell. Sell, sell, sell. And my trade is, involves you, Mr. Noah House. Here we go, what is it? I am trading your... Garbage can Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> Big Ben. Oh, we're dipping into my Big other ben. podcast. Yes, yes. See, this is something. This is something I love about Noah here. Yeah, is the fact that he sees this guy running in the marathon, dressed up as Big Ben. He's like, I can do that. I can do I, that. I can kick his ass. I and could. He, and he can make it a competition. And yes. you did. I, I you did. Freaking worked him. So I would like to see you do the Big Ben thing, but in marathon next year. Without Big Ben, just do you think you can run a marathon? I can run a half marathon. Half marathon? Yeah. If I All right, train, then I want to see you do the half marathon. See, I can't. I don't like. I I, I know I, what I'm I about. don't like marathon people. Um, but like I, I I legitimately do think. I mean, like if you look at me now, yeah, I'm not like you. You don't look at me and think like that's Marte. You look at me and you see Melky. <laughs> so sneaky athlete. Yeah, like <laughs> I am. I, I would say I'm sneaky athletic. Uh, on a because good day. how fast did you run that mile with a trash can over your uh, six fifty two. I have never been able to run a well, six fifty two I mean, mile. In my prime, like I, I, I ran and I had <laughs> humble brag. I had the middle school record at Bergenstown. <laughs> Bergenstown middle middle you school peaked in middle school. Well, no, it was the first year they had a middle school program, and I was our fastest miler. So it was like five forty five, I think. And then in high school, they wanted me to run track, but like I wanted to play baseball, and I didn't want to do both. Um, but I think like I don't know. I could right now if I trained, yeah. I, I think if I I'd have to start training probably if it was in May next year, I'd have to tr- start training like on New Year's Day. I could probably run it, yeah. Okay. So I know I can. Oh, uh, I mean, it's whenever I was dude, in no, co- but here's whenever the thing. I was in college, anyone can run a marathon. 
not maybe a full marathon, but anyone can run a half marathon. It's just the training. It's like yeah. it's uh, it's it's not like hitting a baseball where there are some people will never be able to do that. It's not like playing in the NFL where you need to be a genetic freak to even have an opportunity. Everyone who can run physically run a hundred yards. You can start. Some people's path to the marathon will be a lot longer than others, but everyone can eventually run a marathon. I'm telling you, it is not as hard as some people think. I'm going to give the counterpoint to that, though. Okay. Whenever I was in college, I had a feature writing class. Yeah. And every story I had to write for that class had to have a sports theme to it. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what I wanted to be. And so, sports theme, and it needed to be Halloween also. There was a, what they called a freaky 5K. Where 5K, where everyone's in costumes. And it's like, okay, I'll cover that. And I pitch it to the professor. He's like, yeah, that's good. Go for it. Are you going to run it? I'm like, well, I, I hadn't planned on it. He's like, run it. And he's told me this Tuesday, and the event is on Saturday. So I really don't have any time to, you know, train for this. I'm going in. I'm going in cold. This is your going, first 5K ever? This is my first and last 5K, God willing. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I'm going to, there's like, how bad could it be? I went, I brought my sister along because she ran track and field mm-hmm. in high school. No, cross country. She ran cross country. Okay. So it's like, yeah, just go. You don't have to wait for me. Just go. And I asked her, like, how hard can it be? And she, she's athletic. She's like, you'll be able to do it. I'm like, okay. So I run to 5K. And you know what? For the first 2K, I was doing pretty well. Oh, really? I was doing pretty well. Like, I was, I was like in the back 40% here okay obviously people who are you know actually marathon run or just runners in general yes. went out in front yes, yes i was a little behind the middle of the pack okay for about halfway through the race which well, the- going in cold i am proud of yes back half oh that was rough yeah i <laughs> i uh I, ran- I stuck around i did i ran it i can't remember it's like 25 minutes <laughs> that's not bad at all 25 minutes in a 5k 25 or 30 minutes. I was no, you definitely ran it for, like, I'm happy with running, like, under 30 minutes. Okay, so maybe yeah. I maybe I don't remember. Maybe I can find the story. Yeah, because, like, nine-minute splits are what the marathon Big Ben guy did. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you definitely <laughs> ran it faster than 25 minutes. Well, how long is 5K? That's 2-point-something miles. No, it's 3.1 miles. That's 3.1? Yes. Okay, then I definitely didn't. Yeah, I was going to say, minutes. no, you did not. No, uh, I didn't. But, anyway, <laughs> but anyway. I did not. So, you scratch that last part of the story where it made me look at least a little athletic. That's not true. A little? And 25 minutes? I was maybe a 5-minute mile pace. Maybe I did it in a, an hour and 25 okay. minutes. I can't um, remember. Yeah, so, quick. 5K start. I, 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 the last one I ran, I was incredibly hungover in college. It was for my girlfriend's sorority. And uh, I just befriended, like, this mom as I was running. I was running it with my friend, and we befriended this mom, and we held hands as we crossed the finish line. It was, Someone did it. was a nice moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, like, a thing. Like, you just find, like, your squad that you can run with. You make friends, and you run across the finish line together. Enough about running, though. I don't know how we even got here. Alex... Check out that YouTube video, by the way, though. The Big Ben Challenge, if you haven't seen it. Yeah. It's, uh, you just type in underpaid and overrated. That's, uh, our YouTube channel for my other podcast, and you'll see the Big Ben Challenge there. It's me running a, ma- uh, a mile. The goal is to run it under nine minutes in a trash can, and I do it in downtown Pittsburgh. I thought it was pretty good. Um... All right, we're going to go through the rest of these. Yes, part. really quick. Well said, Felipe. Yes. Well said, Felipe. He got a rematch against Joey Gallo. Last time, Joey Gallo absolutely tattooed a ball. Ball still hasn't landed. Yeah. it just, And he he owned up on Twitter. He's like, hey. oh, dude, there's a ball right there. It just landed. Oh, wow. I just stabbed myself with a pencil doing that. Was it worth the bit? No. What did we learn? Nothing. Good. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Good. As long as the mistake can be made again. But Felipe, he fanned him on three pitches to end the game this time around. Asked him about it. They, we asked him about it. He said, uh, it, my turn. He got me once. He wasn't going to get me twice. Badass quote. That's uh, straight from a J. Cole song. But Well, I said badass, not J. Cole. George W. Bush also said that. <laughs> Fool me once, can't get fooled again. You can't get fooled again. I yeah. can't do it. I can't do the W. That's like the J. Cole song had like the George W. Bush like quote in it. 
Um, you big J. Cole fan, Alex? No. Okay, we'll no. move forward. But that was badass. I mean, Felipe is badass. I mean, you talk about Marte being the best overall like position player. Felipe Vasquez leaps and bounds the best player on this team. He's probably, right now... The best at what he does. The best at what he does in the world as a relief I mean, pitcher. He, right now... Honestly, who's a better left-hander? Josh Hader? Maybe? And, and even then, those are Trinan. two... Trinan is the better, I guess, one-to-one comp. And yeah, Vasquez is the better out of the two. I would say Hater. I would say is better, but it's a different role because he's in that fire. Yes, man. yeah. Oh, this is bad. I don't know if I got lead in here. I'm bleeding. Noah's gonna die of lead poisoning yep. before the next episode. That's all right. We're gonna bring back Jared for. <laughs> all right, Alex. Tell me how. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we need to get him back on. I miss Jared. All right. How how did baseball f up this week, Alex? This one, Alex is. Ah, uh, yeah. This pissed. one. This I, I kind of implied this was going to be a weekly feature, but after this one, it's no longer a weekly feature. Like we're we're still going to bring up how did you know baseball f up this week because you know it will inevitably. But this one is there's no joy in this one. Uh, Cheryl Ring, writer for Fangraphs, uh, tweeted out that she had heard from different members of the Cubs media that. They do not want people to write hit pieces on Addison Russell. All the coverage about him has to be positive, about how he's grown as a person. And uh, if they don't, uh, there is a threat of taking their credentials away. Theo Epstein heard about this, gave a statement saying, I had not heard this. I do not want to discredit that this is something that might have been said. If this is something that has been said... You know, tell me I'm going to fire the person, which is the right, right response to have in that situation. Meanwhile, someone else in the Cubs media department emails Fangraphs saying that they want Cheryl's tweet deleted. It wasn't from the Fangraphs account. It was from her personal account, wanted it deleted. So they kind of tip their hand that... They're, they're complaining to an outlet, like, don't say this stuff about our team, in which you say that we are trying to control what people say about our team. They, they tip their hand. It's ugly. Cheryl has basically, she's taken a break from social media, and I, I guess writing also at the time, because terrible threats from assholes on the internet. Whoa. There's no, what else do you Alexander. Like, check I'm out. not trying to make light of this situation. No, I just, I like, I, I, if you said it's funny seeing human Alex, being yeah, what yeah, we people don't need said to her, you are a you're, bona fide you're asshole. Yeah, you're scum. Yeah. But um, it's stupid. Is it shocking? No, because unfortunately, that's the saddest part of this. Like, uh, not one part of this story. I am legitimately shocked. I'm disappointed throughout every part I just, of it. Uh, what's shocking to me is that like. So many of these people exist. Like, you would think that, like, by 2019, we've doxxed all of them by now. But, like, they just keep responding. Like, zombies in a video game. Like, they're just, like, threatening to kill you and your family and do horrible things to you on Twitter. It's like, dude, where do you people come from? I'm a firm believer that uh, Twitter would be a better place if everyone had to put their name to it. Uh, yeah. Like, your first and last name? Just put your name to it, man. Yeah, I agree. Confirmation. I mean, we saw that this week. And that doesn't. Twitter. And that doesn't say that you can't have like multiple accounts, but each of those accounts has got to be your to name it. to it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we saw that this week. Like the one one guy tweeted something that I'm sure he regrets saying, and yes. Pirates Twitter put him in his place pretty yeah, quickly. We all did. Yeah, you and I did. That's right. Along with our podcast Pirates podcast brethren and uh, pretty much everyone. I mean, yeah. the blue check marks were even going after him, which was nice. It was like uh, Avengers. It was. Which we can talk about now. We're not I, going I to. saw it Monday night. I, I did without being it spoiled. Yeah. I, I got We lucky. all came together. I got lucky. On your left. I, I'm Deadpool 2. I'm Deadpool 2 right there. With <laughs> What's your superpower? I'm lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So we'll wrap up the show now. Pretty long episode, but it was worth it. it was fun. This was good content. This was nice, yeah. All right, wrap up the show. Bold predictions. Alex, uh, I'll let you go first. Bold prediction for... This is what we're going to do now to wrap up every show. Bold prediction for the road trip. 
biggest part, hardest part of the season so far, mm-hmm. without question. Uh, what's your prediction? Uh, Jordan Lyles goes two and zero on it. Okay. All right. I'm gonna say they're playing eleven games on the road. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say ten home runs. That'd be nice. Or more. I'm, I'm that would go. be real nice. I mean, they're not necessarily... Uh, Arizona's a hitter's park. Arizona Petco's is. definitely not a hitter's park. No. Uh, and St. Louis, take it or leave it. I'd say more towards a hitter's park than a pitcher's park. Uh, it's pretty similar to here. Yeah, it, it's pretty neutral when compared to the other two, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to say 10 home runs That'd be nice. on the road trip. That'll be it. Final thoughts? Uh, it's good to be back. It is. It, with... What do you mean, good to be back? We do this every week. I guess, like, back <laughs> yeah, doing this in PNC Park. Because last week we did it at your place. We're gonna yeah, do my it. place sucks. It must be awful. It is absolutely terrible. I get you drinks when you show up, and I let you sit in the recliner. Yeah, I'm a real jerk. He's just awful. Yeah. But we're going to do the next couple ones not here. It's nice to be out here. In the routine. In the routine at PNC Park, looking at beautiful downtown Pittsburgh. Yep. Lit up at midnight. You hear the saxophone man playing in the background. Yeah, it's nice. It is nice. Uh, my final thoughts would be check out both of our sponsors at No Negations on social media. Slice on Broadway. Check them out. Get their pizza. It's great. You could get the get the slice on Broadway pizza, and then get fit with the No Negations. You know, burn off them carbs, and then just do it again. That's No Ohio's motto. I'm not working Perfectly out to get skinnier. Balanced sponsors. Yes, as all things should be. As all things should be, Thanos. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Noah underscore Hiles 95 at Alex J. Stump. Be sure to like, rate, subscribe, review all of our stuff on all of your podcast platforms that you download. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell anyone who's anyone what we're doing here because we work hard to give it to you and we hope that you enjoy it. If you're ever here at a ball game, feels like the Pirates aren't going to be here for another year because they're going on yeah. this long road trip, but... You know, toward the end of May, if you're out of game, hit us up. We'd love to come meet you if you want to hang out. Uh, until then, we will sign off as always saying, let's go Bucks.